Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On board this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just getting a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So everyone sit back. Seven footers, gang. What is going on? It's your girl, Jenna and Gerard back here for episode 101, baby. Post Will Chamberlain episode. <laughs> yes, the post Will Chamberlain high. episode. Coming down off that lovely high of 100 episodes. Thank you, of course, everyone for rocking with us through 100 episodes. And Jenna, I feel like we're starting out this episode like <laughs> with more bad news like we did last time. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, there's not a day lately where we're starting with good news <laughs> at this point. But our guy, Hawks coach, no more, Lloyd Pierce was fired this past Monday. Um, let's just have a moment of silence for the terrible decision that the Hawks made. Thank you. Now, <laughs> this was less than halfway into the season, guys, and he he didn't have a, a great roster because of injury to deal with. You know, the stars, were there were they stars? I mean, was this all on Lloyd Pierce? I mean, now we have assistant Nate McMillan who will serve as the team's interim coach, but it's not looking good in Atlanta. It's looking very bad, almost like the Houston Texans. They should all hang out. <laughs> well, you know what's so interesting, right? When the Hawks hired Nate McMillan to be Lloyd Pierce's uh, lead assistant, I was like, Lloyd better know. That means you on the hot seat, my guy. Because as we know, Nate McMillan, longtime head coach in this league, most recently coaching the Indiana Pacers. Of course, he coached the Portland Trailblazers as well. Like, they were letting him know from the jump with that move, hey, man, we are going to hire. Your, your replacement is sitting right next to you. So, you know, get yourself together. And so Lloyd, I think, had to know that. And it's interesting because he, he recently, as a couple weeks ago, he spoke to The Athletic and he actually said, quote, GM Travis Schlenk is going to fire me one day. <laughs> I mean, and well, that day sure enough came, right? And that's just the nature of coaching. I will say this, you know, it's unfortunate. And I think Lloyd was dealt uh, some bad cards. My question is, as an organization, do the Hawks know where they're going, right? You have a lot of young talent on that team, right? Trey Young, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, John Collins, right? They're all young guys in the league. But then this past offseason, you go out and get Rajon Rondo, Danilo Gallinari, right? Bogdan Bogdanovich. It's like, so are we young? Or are we rebuilding? Or are we trying to compete for something here? Like, what, what are we or, doing? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? And, 
there's some there's some incongruence there, right? And you know, to be fair again to Lloyd, Chris Dunn, who they also got, um, he's been hurt and hasn't been able to play all season. Bogdanovich hasn't played, right? Galner was hurt for quite a bit of time. Rondo has been hurt. Like it, there's been a lot of sort of cards that have not been in his favor. And the owner is basically like, look, we want to make the playoffs. That is our goal this year. And where they're headed right now, it doesn't seem that that's part of the reality. Even though, look, in the East, everybody's pretty jumbled up together. They're only three and a half games out. The, the Hawks go on a five-game winning streak. And guess what? They're right back in the thick of things. But clearly, they felt as though Lloyd wasn't the guy to lead them. And we do know that The Athletic um, put out a story from Sam Mimic, David Aldridge, and Chris Kirshner. Kirshner is the... Um, Hawks beat writer and Aldridge and Amick, of course, are national NBA writers. Apparently, Lloyd lost the locker room. And guys like Trey Young, Cam Reddish, and John Collins, reportedly not big fans of Lloyd. So do with that as you will. Well, Trey Young is their star. And if he isn't happy with the head coach, that is always the first one to go. I mean, they're 14 and 20, 11th in the East. Yes, you said they're just a couple games away from sliding into another slot, but it's not looking good. Like you said, what is the goal in Atlanta? Did they have a blueprint? Did they have a plan to follow? It, it seemed Where as though. Not following the plan. It, it seemed as though they were going to build around these young, the young talent, but clearly uh, that that wasn't that wasn't the vibe, right? That wasn't happening. And you know, with Travis Schlenk um, letting him go, the question now, if you're a Hawks fan, if to ask you have to ask yourself, well. Is the organization sure that the person making those decisions, that being GM Travis Schlenk, is that the guy you want to make decisions? Because let's say next year happens and the Hawks are bad again. And this time, Travis Schlenk is the one to go. Well, when you hire a new GM, what's going to happen now? Because Nate McMillan's still your coach. That new GM is going to want to bring in his own regime and his own, right, his own people. So you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're pushing yourself further and further behind the eight ball. So do the Hawks believe Travis Schlank is their guy to make these decisions? That remains to be seen. The other piece, and we talked about Trey and Reddish and Collins um, having, you know, and uh, Lloyd having lost a locker room. Look, I get it. The NBA is a star's league. And your star players have to have, uh, you know, some input and say so. But these three dudes, are we, sh- I mean, what have those three dudes done in this league? Like that they are, they ain't LeBron James. They ain't Kevin Durant. They ain't Steph Curry. Like you, you ain't these people. Like you, are you sure you want to turn over decisions of your franchise to these three young kids who haven't really done a whole lot of winning in this league yet? I mean, okay, cool. Uh, you know, these are just questions you have to ask do yourself. You. All right. You, you do you, if that's what you think. Okay. Hope it works out. What was very interesting to see was the amount of coaches that spoke out around the league once Pierce's firing went public, including Doc Rivers, Sam Van Gundy. I mean, those two names alone are quite alarming out of the pool of coaches in the league. I mean, uh, Doc Rivers called it really disappointing. Uh, Sam Van Gundy said, you know, gave him high praise, said he'll be back. The league is, you know, the league needs Pierce. I mean, what do you think about them speaking out like that? I mean, they gave lengthy kind of statements. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's, it's twofold, right? One, just like the players are a fraternity, coaching is also a fraternity. So when one when something happens to quote unquote one of their own, 
they're all going to rally behind that person, right? Generally speaking, that's, that's kind of how this goes. So a lot of that is just, you know, other coaches sticking up for, for, for their fellow, for the, for their fellow coaches, right? Because there's only 30 of them in the league now. Right. The other piece of this is, yeah, I, I think what Lloyd has done in the city of Atlanta um, is really off the, yes, off the court is really, really important. The Hawks have sort of re-ingratiated themselves within the community and with everything that was happening this past summer in terms of the social justice fights um, and the, the various causes that the players were involved in, Lloyd Pierce was the lead coach that was active among that. He was the first coach to have his home arena, the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, being used as a, as a voting site, right? The various mm -hmm. things that he was doing in that community to make, to connect the team to the community, but also to make the world and, you know, starting with Atlanta, a better place, huge. You're not going to replace that with whoever you got, right? And this is not disrespecting Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. This is just how much this stuff meant to Lloyd Pierce. Um, and that that was something that the Hawks had to take into consideration, right? I mean, you're, you're letting somebody go who built up a lot of goodwill within the community. Now, at the end of the day, it is about wins and losses, right? Like, and to the owner's point and to Travis Schlenk's point, the GM, they were underperforming. Um, you know, I think, again, there are some, some things that aren't always, yeah, it, can Lloyd be better? Sure. And it, it, as always, I always say, Jenna, there's blame to go around everywhere, right? It's not one person, right? It's, it's multiple. That roster, they had some injury, some injury, um, some unfortunate injuries happening. And then two, we're still not sure if Trey Young is the guy to build the team around, right? Like, because we're not 100% certain that his teammates all love playing basketball with him. So, you know, uh, these are things that are, are, are all worth noting and pointing out. To that, yeah, to that, because um, we discussed in a previous episode, too, about Trey Young's ability to lead um, more so than his actual uh, play. But to your point really quick about wins and losses, Doc Rivers did point out something that I think we can all agree with, uh, you know, unless you have another opinion. But he said, quote, you're in the middle of a rebuild and then you blame the coach for the losses that you had no chance to win. That was like something you'd say, Gerard, something philosophical. I mean, it's, you know tr what I'm it, it's true. But it's, it's true. Yeah, it is true. You're rebuilding, right? Now, look, the other question is, uh, are we misjudging the Hawks and their talent, right? Trae Young is an elite offensive player. And at, early in the season, the Hawks were the best offense in the league. Okay. But Trey is a problem defensively. And he gets picked on repeatedly on that side of the floor. And that's a problem if you can't stop people, right? Now... You can say, well, what about the Nets, Gerard? You look, you're dealing with a whole different animal here, okay? As good as Trey Young... Everybody doesn't have to be good on offense that night. Right. As good as Trey Young is or, or, or portends to be, and as good as John Collins is or portends to be, or, or Reddish, or Herder, or any of these other guys, they ain't Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> like, you know, like, and let's be real they're probably never going to be as good as those guys, like, right? So, I mean, uh, so the Nets can afford to, like, have that sort of situation, and we know the Nets can actually play defense and get stops when they need to. This Hawks team has not been able to prove that. That's number one. Number two, again, the injuries. DeAndre Hunter was uh, emerging as their best defender. He goes down. Well, now you got problems, right? Chris Dunn still hasn't played. Bogdanovich hasn't played. You're, you're dealing with a lot of different things and you're trying to figure out and change, again, this culture and establish 
How do we win here? And we do know, um, you know, Trey and Lloyd definitely, you know, they had some issues. Um, and and it, it, it it's the, the article uh, the article that, that pointed that out noted that in a call that Lloyd had on with the competition committee, he was complaining about the way that certain players um, draw fouls, right? And his star player does that, right? Like that, that is the thing that Trey does as well as anybody in the league. And a lot of the other coaches found that interesting. Like, wow, I mean, that's what his guy does. And he's like, so there was clearly some issues between Lloyd and, and Trey. Look, okay, we'll see. Nate McMillan's coming in. He's an old school kind of coach. We'll, we shall see what the Hawks look like with Nate in charge. We'll see. We shall see. Last note, too, uh, similarly to this discussion, uh, former Lakers coach Luke Wallen, current coach in Sacramento, if you guys didn't know the original dumpster fire dubbed by Gerard, <laughs> he still has his job, but there's a similar situation happening in Sacramento. Now, we ask, it begs the question, is there a double standard in coaching? Uh, well, Jenna, you know... How do you think things are being handled despite this being so similar? Jenna, you know, I say this all the time, right? Sport is a microcosm of the larger society in which it inhabits, right? Well, there is there are double standards that exist in the outside world. So, of course, it exists in the NBA. Look, Luke Walton has not proven the ability to be a good head coach. Losing everywhere he's been. Got a Lakers job, lost. Kings job, losing. He's got two head coaching jobs and all he's done is produce loser basketball. Yet, Lloyd Pierce, right? Barely given time to see this team through. So there's definitely a double. Less than half the season. Right. There's definitely a double standard for sure. 100%. So at a minimum, if Luke got a second job, Lloyd should get a second job. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We shall see. Super interesting. We'll follow that one for you guys. You know what's up. <laughs> Let's go to Brooklyn because we got to talk about somebody Big who up is to Brooklyn. That's right, baby. BK. Let's go to Brooklyn because uh, someone is weaseling their way into the MVP conversation and he has a very large, long beard and currently braids. <laughs> and he's new. It's James Harden, guys. <laughs> The man is on fire, okay? He, first of all, he's notched seven triple doubles since he got traded to the Nets. He made history the other night as the first player to record at least 30 points, 15 assists, and 10 boards, and no turnovers since the 1977-78 season. I mean, dang, James. Dang. Now that to me, before I open the floor for you, because again, this is Gerard's, this is your beat. This is a team you cover very closely, as I remind everyone every single week. This to me is taking it to the mental health side. And when you're happy and you're in an environment that is healthy for your mind, body, and soul, this is what happens. Again, of course, the elite skill that you need to be, you know, one of the best offensive players ever is also needed. But, you know, I does I don't think it hurts that he is happy. Yeah, look... I James is really playing elite basketball right now. He was just named by the NBA today as Eastern Conference Player of the Month, uh, helping the Nets go to a 9-4 and four record. I mean, he's playing so well right now. And what I find so funny and fascinating, people being like, oh, 
I didn't know James Harden could do this. And I'm like, what? I mean, did you not watch him play basketball in Houston? James Harden is an elite playmaker. Yes, we know he's an elite scorer too. He is an elite playmaker. He has led the league in assists before. This isn't the first time. He's done that in the past. He's very, very good at playmaking. And oh, by the way, when you're playmaking and you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as like the people you're playmaking for and Joe Harris kind of makes your job even easier, right? It's kind of helpful when you have that going on. But look, Harden is really taking the mantle of that lead ball handler as that lead point guard, and he's playing so well. You know, when they played the, the Mavs on Saturday and lost, Harden had six or seven turnovers. And after the game, he told us, he's like, look, I got to be better. I turned the ball over way too much. The ability to come out the next game and have zero turnovers is like, what? Like, again, with the amount of time, the amount that he has the ball in his hands, that is incredible, incredible stuff. Look, James Harden's an elite elite offensive player an elite player period you know he people rag on his defense his defense is a lot better than 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 people than people think it is particularly when he's playing in the post smart guy gets his hand in passing lanes gets steals tips tips balls away um he's playing phenomenal basketball right now and to your point jenna he's where he wants to be right he's playing basketball with with guys he wants to play with and he seems very committed and you know hell-bent on i want to win a championship Whatever I got to do to do that, I'm going to do. If that means scoring less and playmaking, fine, I'll do that. Whatever it is. And you can see, I mean, he can do just about everything. That is true. And another person that thinks that is his teammate, Kyrie Irving, who had high praise for him. He said, quote, we have to implement the phrase, get used to it, when he was talking about the way Harden plays with the Nets. He said, quote, when James is being James, it makes our job a lot easier and so we have to get used to somebody special like that things like that in terms of breaking records so I can't be right alongside of him my name in Nets history and all the guys on our team where we're just breaking records as a team and then individually we're stacking up some of the best to ever play after hearing that praise evaluating James on the Nets and what he's done so far the records he's breaking in your opinion as an incredibly huge james harden fan <laughs> is this this right now with brooklyn the best basketball you've seen him play well it's hard to say that right because he's won mvps before in houston right um i, I would say he is playing complete basketball right this is among the best complete ball he's played in his career because he had some good complete seasons in houston as well but this is right up there with any of those seasons where he's playing complete basketball on both ends Scoring, rebounding, assisting, and yes, even defending. Uh, even though some of the advanced numbers will say his defense has, hasn't been that good. It has been better uh, to my eye test. Um, you know, in 22 games uh, in Brooklyn, he's a 58.5% effective field goal percentage, highest in his career. 64% true shooting, highest of his career. Averaging 25, 8, and 11 on 49, 41, and 85 splits. I mean, he's he's doing it all right now. And you know, I was talking to somebody about this. What he is, and on this team, he's a multiplier, right? But imagine your multiplier and your other multiples, the things that you're multiplying, are Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? Like, it's a, and it's not, you know, no disrespect to league average players, but you're not multiplying league average players. I'm multiplying already elite Hall of Fame talent. So when you have that type of skills all together, and mind you, 
They've done most of this the last two weeks without Kevin Durant, right? You you put all of that together. That's why there's so much optimism in Brooklyn and why so many people are like, how does this team not get to the NBA Finals, right? Because we know playoff time every year, what do these playoff series almost always come down to? I need somebody who can go and get themselves a shot, create a shot for themselves and or create a, top, a shot for their teammates. The Nets have three of them. Three dudes who can get their own bucket at any time. Like against any defense. That is that is a luxury. I mean, think about it, right? We're, I mean, in a way, that's not even what Golden State had. Because peak Golden State with Kevin Durant. Yes, Steph and KD can get shots on their own. Clay doesn't really get shots on his own, right? He's a, I have to run off screens and do stuff, right? That's how that works. They have three of those dudes who, if all hell breaks loose and it's locked down and we can't run any fancy action, either one of them can isolate, go one-on-one, and it's likely a losing proposition for the, for the defense. So all their defense has to be, Jenna, is good enough. And if their offense is clicking and they know it and they're and they're starting to make some strides on that side defensively, this is a scary, scary ball club. Hey, I couldn't agree more. I mean, just the thought really still of the three of them together, especially on offense, it, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. To say the least. You you just don't want to be on that. You don't want to guard that coach. Don't don't put me in. <laughs> All three of them are out there? All three? Ooh, I'm going to go with the second rotation. I'll be at the back of the bench. That's it. Man, speaking of nothing, actually, I don't even, there was no transition there. I was like, <laughs> we are transitioning, though, to America's favorite segment. That is called, as you guys know, What's Up With, where we question, good or bad, what the hell is up with? This week, it's going to be, yeah, you guessed it, the Boston Celtics. Guys, uh, the Boston Celtics, just they're struggling. They're they're having some, I don't know if this is a growing pain, a pinch nerve, what it is, but uh, they're struggling. They can't find their identity right now. I mean, even uh, Celtics GM Danny Ainge said that this team doesn't really know who they are yet. And although they are working hard, I mean... Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, add in Kemba Walker, I mean, Marcus Smart, it sounds like something good, right? But what is up with the Celtics? Why can't they find their identity? What's going on in Boston? Um, If you're a Boston Celtics fan, I mean, there's got to be some concern there, right? I mean, Tatum and Brown have seemingly made another leap, but you're essentially a 500 ball club. Um, You're not playing well defensively. And a lot of that is due to Marcus Smart being out. And, you know, Smart is that guy. He gives them their identity, right? That toughness, that grittiness, right? And again, it's not saying that Brown and Tatum aren't tough. That's not what I'm saying. Marcus Smart gives them that that different kind of edge, whether they believe and they know who they are. The other problem is Kemba Walker's been up and down, right? Like he was coming back off of injury, so he's still not quite consistent and himself yet. Um, you know, the, the, the Tristan Thompson experiment is, you know, what it is. It's not great. And losing Gordon Hayward, um, that matters, right? Cause that, that, that he was able to come off the bench and be that, you know, Gordon Hayward's a guy who's been a lead scorer for a team, right? So that was a great thing for them to have. It's just, it's, it's, it's not going well. 
And, you know, Danny Ainge needs to take some, some heat for this, you know, because we always hear, and there's no other GM in the league that we hear, oh, the Celtics almost got this player. They almost traded for that player. They almost traded for this one. Yo, man, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Like, nobody cares that you almost got this one or you almost got that one. You didn't get it, right? All they've been doing is stockpiling all these picks, right? This just draft capital, these draft assets. But you haven't been able to turn it into anything that matters, right? And look, this is a team that went to the conference finals the last couple years, right? And they're like, okay, they're ready to make that leap. This is not looking like a conference finals team at this point right now. And you have to ask yourself, right? Like, what's going on? Who, who, who? Who else should we be looking at here? What other moves can we make? And, you know, it's funny. Wick Grossbeck, the Celtics owner, uh, Celtics governor said, you know, we're still reeling off this Kyrie thing. And it's so funny because it's like, okay, wait. Um, So the minute Kyrie left, it was, oh, the locker room is so much better with Kemba. Kemba makes everybody, okay. Well, is that not true now? Like what, what, what happened between last year and this year? All of a sudden, yeah. the locker room vibe changed. This is, you're going back to Kyrie? Like, no. Like, it's, look, as an organization, you know, Danny, Danny skated by. And I think you need to start looking at Danny Ainge and saying, hey, my guy, like, we have all this capital and these, and these assets. We got to get, get some better players in here, some talent in here to augment what we have. Tatum and Brown, again, have made that leap, but they haven't made that playmaking leap for others yet, right, to, to that level. And again, with Kemba being hurt, this is problematic right now, right? Like, what can we do? They need they need some big man help, right? Tice is fine, but, you know, what else can they do? Then they have that, tr- that trade exception as well. Are they going to use it? We shall see. We shall see. Right. I mean, I spoke to Jason Tatum last week, and the tone and the talk was very somber, especially when it came to, you know, the Celtics and their their struggles right now. Even he even noted that I asked if him and uh, Jalen Brown had a second to kind of, you know, take in that all-star, you know, mm-hmm. um, being named an all-star. And he said that it's kind of just been, no, not really because, you know, with the state of our team, it's like, how are you going to celebrate? So that, that sucks. That's hard. So that trickles into emotions too. And when you're not in a good place as a team, it's hard to get back, you know, yeah. even like just relationship wise and get that good energy and that good vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, look, you know, Tatum and Brown early in their careers have been pretty fortunate in that they've always been on like winning teams. Right. I mean, again, mm-hmm. the Celtics have been to, I want to say it's three out of the last five conference finals, uh, something of that nature. Look, I mean, this is what sometimes life is like in the NBA, right? Like that 500 mark and like struggling and they're dealing with real adversity now. So the question is, how do those guys respond? But GM Danny Ainge, what do you do to help your guys respond? And, you know, Danny did take some blame. He said, he said, part of it's on me. And it is part of it is 100% on Danny. How much of it is on Brad Stevens? You know, well, you know, my, my favorite coach in the world, Brad Stevens. Look, I mean, again, as I always I had to ask <laughs> as I always say, right, that there's blame to go around. It's never just one person. Look, Brad's gotta take some some fault here as well, because this is the roster you have. 
you're you're lauded and hailed as this basketball genius, right? How Brad Stevens, the basketball genius, the wonderkin. Okay, wonderkin. Figure out what you're doing. Okay, this is what you have. Why aren't why aren't they better defensively? What's going on, right? Like why aren't you guys playing? Because that's one of that's Brad's right one of his calling cards supposedly. Why isn't defense working? What's going on there? Is it just effort? Are guys just not giving it? Is it all because of Marcus Smart? Maybe, but uh, you know, how can you how can you manage to sustain right when you have injury? Because that's that's going to happen. That's part of the deal, you know. Exactly. Why you know are you giving young guys more more chances on the bench to play? Because hey, look, we got to see what we have here, and this may be able to help us. We shall see. But yeah, blame blame to go around. Definitely some blame on Brad. Love it. Oh man, I'm surprised. I, I'm proud of you for for containing it before I brought it up. You weren't even going to say anything. I was like, is he really not going to say it? <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's it's what it is, man. It's what it is. Blame to go around, but yes, definitely the greatest coach ever in the history of basketball should take some blame as well. <laughs> there it is. I I, 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 did, I had to drop that dig in there. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I love it. The feud lives on. Okay. Let's talk about this guy. The next uh, guy, I believe, who was dubbed the next LeBron James, uh, Zion Williamson. We we got to chat about him because the Pelicans are struggling as well. They're 15 and 19 right now. Coach Sam Van Gundy knows that they they could beat a lot of teams in the league, he says, but they make too many mistakes. Zion agreed that they need to be better. Does Zion, how much better does Zion need to be? Well, Zion... It's not their problem right now. Zion's playing excellent basketball. Right? I mean, he is. Oh, good lord! I mean, I've been watching Wait a lot. On his shoulders. I've been watching a lot of their games recently, man. He is so quick, and like, and you just like for a man his size, like, yeah, these dudes have no chance of staying in front of him. And he's so strong when he goes up, and that second jump. It's interesting. I was, yep. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Marcus Elliott of P3 uh, Performance, and you know they monitor and they do they have a lot of data on all the nba guys when they come into the draft they start at team usa when they're when they're young under 18 all the way through nobody pushes off of all the athletes p3 has ever done evaluations on and that's not just the nba that's the nfl it's all sports they've done evaluations on thousands tens of thousands of athletes they have so much data there isn't a person that they've tested who pushes off the ground with more force than zion williamson not one that is incredible like incredible and his second jump ability is out of this world when you the defender are coming down off your first jump he's already back up in the air off his second jump like it's ridiculous um look he's playing well uh, the rest of the pelicans uh, you know kind of suspect brandon ingram has been doing all right um, but you know, look, they, they've got some defensive issues, which is problematic. They have a big win against the, uh, a big win uh, the other night. You know, uh, they they seem to be ill-fitting pieces, right? We talked about this before. Does does Stephen Adams fit next to Zion? Not really, because you need someone who shoots threes next to him, right? As as your as your five, a stretch three, someone like Miles Turner perhaps might look better next to him, right? Like the, the these are the kind of things. But in terms of Zion himself. He's playing excellent. Got his first all-star nod. Um, I mean, the, the the young man is going places, and he's only scratching the surface for his game right now. Look, the question now is, does David, you know, how does David Griffin, Stan Van Gundy, 
mold and shape this team around Zion because it's clear that that is the piece that you build around down there. And he's playing excellent ball right now. Oh my gosh, 100%. When you said pushing off uh, that second jump, that second jump where most guys are exhausted, he you should be tired. He is an animal, an He's absolute so animal. Coming back up to the rim, get out of the way, you're going to get hurt. And he's so strong. He's so, I mean, it's just oh like, my God. it is, and think about it, right? I mean, he's what, 19? Like, so in- in No, 20. 20. In reality, he could get, bigger and stronger technically yeah i mean right? i think right because so. you don't stop You're you don't stop growing, growing at 20 yeah, a little bit and he hasn't reached his physical yeah. peak yet in the nba your physical peak is somewhere around 26 to 30 so i mean he's not even there yet uh, that's frightening if I, the rest of the league i'm like yo i'm a little worried about this <laughs> heck yeah but yeah he's playing Dang. he's playing well but the the, the pelicans need, need to be better around him also, uh, speaking of uh, All-Star, Yahoo Sports is reporting that um, Zion is going to decline the dunk uh, his invitation. To, mm-hmm. to the, yeah. To, yeah. You know, yeah, the, the, the thing about the dunk contest is with these, there's, they're so much, they're so worried about potentially embarrassing themselves that they're like, you know, a lot of the stars are like, ah, I'm not going to do it, you know, like, because they just don't want to. Whereas if like a guy like Hamadou Diallo embarrasses himself, like no one's gonna care. Like you know what I mean? But if Zion like messes up, it's gonna be a big deal, right? That's that's just that's why LeBron didn't do it. That's why that's why a lot of the stars don't do it because they're like, man, we ain't trying to get put on that summer jam screen, you know? So that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> hey, if there is a year to opt out, it is this one. <laughs> well, I mean, so you know, we we've already we've already beat that horse to death. <laughs> do, do what you got to do. And uh, yeah, so other guys are dropping out like flies too. Dame Lillard in the three-point contest, all that. We'll keep you guys posted. Um, but yeah, that's that on the Zion front. We got a new segment though. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know what that was. There you go. I was just waiting for you to do it. Um, we have a new segment though, guys. This is fun. It's fluffy. It's great. It's lighthearted. It's all that good stuff that you guys love that you don't go on Twitter for because you'll get hazed. So we are going to give out some shout-out accolades to a player, a team, a coach, whoever we feel each week, who's killing it right now. They deserve it. Their name deserves to be in the seven-footers' lights. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> let's turn them on. And Gerard, let's hear your picks. Uh, you want to go, we want me to do all mine at once? Um, Whatever you think is best. Uh, you're, you're better at laying it out like this. I'll do all mine at once, and then you do yours. Uh, okay. sh- shout out to the Miami Heat for staying the course. I mean, the year started terribly for them, which we did predict was going to happen, right? That short turnaround from the finals, uh, they had dealt with a lot of injury, COVID health and safety protocols, but they are winners of six mm-hmm. straight and they are coming on. And let me tell you, with the all-star break coming and, and, you know, nobody from Miami going to the all-star game a week to get everybody healthy, watch out for the Miami Heat to go on a run come second half of the season. So that's my first one. Shout out to the Miami Heat. Shout out to Taylor Jenkins, head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are missing their best player, arguably, in Triple J, Trip J. Shout out to uh, seven-footers favorite, Jaron Jackson Jr. And they're still 500. They're in, if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be in the play-in tournament. And they also missed John Morant for a couple of weeks. So for them to be where they are and playing as well as they're playing, a, a, a positive net rating 
that's pretty impressive not having your best player and your second best player uh, for stretches of, if not the entire season. So kudos to Taylor Jenkins. And finally, shout out to Julius Randle for being made an NBA All-Star. Shout out to Knicks fans. Look, the last 25 years have been brutal. Y'all haven't had much to celebrate outside of that one mellow stat year. Otherwise, it's been slim pickings. Look, Knicks fans, be happy. You got an all-star. And look, you're what? The 5-4-5 five, five seed in the East right now? Look, it looks like if things continue the way they are, you're going to at least be in the play-in like in the playoffs, barring anything, you know, barring a second-half collapse. But, you know, uh, kudos. Kudos to, to Julius Randle for being named an all-star. Happy for Knicks fans. All right, you're up. Well, staying on the Knicks beat, I have the Knicks. Shout out to the Knicks right now. It is very, it's very amazing to go on TV and see everybody covering the Knicks and being nice to them. <laughs> but we're, I'm seeing a lot of the, I can't, can you believe the Knicks? Blah, blah, blah. Calm down. All right. I know. Okay. We get it. All right. But, but, but don't make, don't make us, a laughing stock, okay? <laughs> but for real, on some real notes, though, how how impressive, though, right now? I mean, they go in, they try to make this rebuild, they do the new coaching staff, all this stuff, and it's working. It's nice to see it working. It really is. You you said Julius Randle. I mean, the Knicks, they're doing well. I mean, hopefully they can keep it up. And like you said, the East is very jumbled right now, so you never know at this point. But we shall see. Shout out to the Knicks. Next one, no surprise here. Shout out to my guy, Zach Levine. Mm. The reason I chose this was because I cried this week when I saw the Bulls and all that they did for him. I mean, <laughs> the family, I think his fiance, I think he's engaged or something. Oh my God. I was crying, blubbering like a baby. I almost got water damage in my laptop, literally. <laughs> so I and, but yeah, finally an all-star again. Great, great player, bad team right now, but he's shining. I like what they did for him. Love a good narrative. Had to pick him there. And another, sticking with the theme of all-star because this is our show right before the game mm -hmm. i gotta go with devin booker kendall jenner's curse hasn't hit him yet uh, he's in the all-star game yet, he was named yet being the yeah. operative word there right <laughs> yet yeah definitely gonna be a key word there i'm gonna put that there as a disclaimer but I am so proud of you, Kenny. I am so proud of you. The curse has not hit him. Maybe he's immune. I don't know. I like it. She shared some recent photos of them, you know, up in a, in, a, in the cabin in the woods or somewhere. Oh, lovely. You know? um, and it, it was beautiful. But anyway, yeah. I mean, it just, the curse hasn't come down. I'm so happy. I'm so, so happy. Don't let these haters fool you. Shouts to Ken and Book for uh, Young Love. We're here to support Young Love. <laughs> Yes. Yes. yes that's what we're here for god you gotta love it it's just gonna be really interesting though because isn't devin booger and carl anthony town super close they but are he's dating jordan now jordan, jordan yeah that that yeah mm -hmm. by the way did you see uh jordan's ig story with all the stuff that cat got her um was it the anniversary when of her father's birth? death or something or something right like yeah he did a lot of nice things for her on the anniversary of his death um which was sweet. Um, they have a very good relationship. But, you know, 
Yo, she had she had those trophy every room ones. Day. She had me- I was like, yo. Oh yeah, shit. every day I feel like he is stacking her up with everything. I mean, the first twenty Chanel bags were cute. Now it's getting a little <laughs> weird, but um, yeah. But I mean, you know, that has nothing to do with the stuff on her father's right, right, um, right anniversary. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he is like, wow. I mean, I, where does she keep it all? How does she even wear them all? I don't know. Got to get a new house. You know? <laughs> Maybe they'll move in together. Maybe. <laughs> well, before we start some bad rumors that are really aren't true, tell them where they can find us. <laughs> well, no, we're, we're not done yet. Oh, we got them. we 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 got to catch up on on some games of the week for people to. Yeah. So here's some games I'm looking at this week tonight. Well, what games? Well, are you looking at for any games this week? I don't want to jump the gun because maybe you might have some of these. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Games of the week tonight: Nuggets, Bucks, Suns, Lakers. Look. The Bucks starting to play better. Nuggets, what's going on with y'all? Like, ew. net ratings. What is going on with the Nuggets? Net, net ratings look good, but you're not getting wins enough wins anyway. So that ain't looking great. And the Bucks have they have they turned it around? Suns versus Lakers. We know what the Lakers' issues are. Have the Suns have the Suns done something to or, or you know are, are the Suns a, a legit team? Are they a legit contender? Those are the games I'm looking at tonight. And also, I mentioned the Grizzlies before. The Wizards, they're on a roll roll here with Bradley and Russell Westbrook. Won five of their last six games. Hey, watch out. So Wizards, Grizzlies tonight is also an interesting game. Hey. What are you looking um, for? Specifically tonight? No, no, the, the, the whole week. Oh, okay. Because tomorrow, the Jazz and the Sixers. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Is, 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 is Joel Embiid going to give Rudy Gobert that work? Or is the defensive player there going to be like, nah, Joel, not around here, my guy. Is Ben Simmons going to lock up Donovan Mitchell? Mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. this is what we want to see. The those two matchups specifically, just put the four of them on the court. Just the four of them. I'm good. That's it. It's fine. That's it. I'm good with that. Um, another game that I was really looking forward to: uh, Lakers Kings. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like Lakers Kings. <laughs> no, okay, 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 okay. I'm good, good. Um, yeah, that was uh, for Wednesday. Anything else you're looking at this week? Warriors Blazers Wednesday. You know, Steph and Dame, always mm-hmm. a show. I'm looking at Raptors Celtics. We talked about the Celtics. What's going on with them? Y'all good? But, and Raptors are starting to come on here lately. And Warriors Suns on Thursday night also. You know, it's a little be a back-to-back for the Warriors. But I'm looking that little this little sort of West Coast swing, even though the Warriors are on the West Coast, right? Um, the Blazers, the Suns. I'm very curious to see how, you, how, how they do in those two matchups. So... And then we, we're on a break, right? Because it's All-Star Week. And so we'll be off next week. There won't be an episode because, you know, All-Star Break. And we'll be back the following week, ready for the second half of the season. Oh, my God. How exciting. Jordan, I'm just going to be crying in my apartment all weekend thinking about how we could be running around at All-Star if it I wasn't know, COVID and having so much fun. Hitting, hitting, up, hitting up all the parties. I know. Yeah, that... That that I do miss about All Star, right? Is like you know when you get to do the cool stuff with the athletes and like you know the interviews and like the one on ones, and then of course the parties. It's always the best part of All Star. <laughs> My favorite part of All Star is when Drod's like, "Do you make it home safe?" <laughs> listen, I, I'm I'm trying to make sure you're not dead out here in these streets. You know, no, listen, listen. I got an early bedtime. I gotta go to sleep. I'm like, it's three a.m. Are you home? What are you doing? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Literally, I'm like, Gerard, come out. No, Jenna, I'm working. But it's all-star. Jenna, we're here to work. Oh, we are? <laughs> we're here to work. <laughs> anyway, folks, you know where to find us. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, at 7 Pod on Twitter, at 7 Podcasts on Instagram. 
We are at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly, and we will see you guys in two weeks after the All-Star break. Peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know we